When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Second and five bombers from their 22. Three receivers to the left. Kalaris looking left. Throws a little one to wall. Charge behind him and is picked off. Dandridge going to the end zone for the touchdown. Bombers holding just an eight-point lead. Crum has the Red Blacks first and goal from the Bombers, first and 10 from the Bombers, 12-yard line, four-man rush. Crum, pressure up the middle, scrambles out to his right on the run. Four, three seconds on the clock, two, Crum to the end zone for the touchdown! Are you kidding? Dustin Crum, the 12-yard scramble, and the Red Blacks are within two! Bombers have five on the line of scrimmage, they'll drop Big Hill off, they'll rush four. Crum looking left, the hook and it's complete. And it's tied at 25. Where we were 15 minutes ago, I don't believe where we are now. What the heck is going on here? Four-man front. Four-man will rush. Crum looking right. Pumps is going to scramble. 25, 20, 15. Crum's into the end zone for the touchdown and the win. Oh, my goodness. I'm just speechless. The most improbable of comeback victories. Well, it certainly was. It certainly was. The uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, big underdogs going into that game against uh, Winnipeg and trailing 16 points inside the three-minute warning, win in overtime. A comeback that you rarely see happen and a comeback that really you would not expect against a team the caliber of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who have been really the class of the league since 2019. Doug Brown on the Bombers broadcast for CJOB. Doug, uh, how are you? thanks for coming on. And I'm sorry to play that highlight pack, but Derek Taylor with the call, <laughs> obviously extremely uh, – what the heck did happen? I mean, you're you're there, you're watching this. I don't know if yeah. that's ever happened to you in your career, but what the heck did happen? Well, we had a game once upon a time. Uh, there was a player by the name of Rocky Butler, I believe, with Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You may not have heard of him before, but he uh, it was his first start ever as well, and he beat us in a, a Labor Day Classic, even though we sacked him seven times. So uh, I don't think I have to hear stories about Rocky Butler anymore because there's a new guy in town, and uh, his name is Crum. So, you know, it was, first of all, you know, it was a tale of two very different halves. Uh, the first half of this game, uh, between the Bombers and the, the Red Blacks was one of the most awful, uninspired bouts of football I've ever uh, witnessed. It was just, I mean, the, the Bombers were winning, and I, I think Crum had maybe 20 yards passing by halftime. It was just, I, I couldn't wait for it to get it, uh, to be over. And then, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, um, well, actually, to tell you the truth, coming out of halftime, I'm not sure what head coach Bobby Dice said to Crum, to Dustin Crum, uh, or, or not, but it must have been, hey, you know, if you don't recognize something you see downfield or your your first read isn't there, 
or you see an opening just take off. And uh, he started to run with authority. He was not spending a lot of time trying to be a pocket passer anymore. Uh, if he didn't uh, understand or, or like what he saw downfield, he was just he was just taking off with the football. And uh, you know, and then the Bombers started making mistakes as well, right? Zach Claris uh, throws a pick six uh, when they were about to salt the game away. You know, Brady Oliveira running, uh, uh, catching and running for 43 yards, uh, ends up fumbling the ball and turning it over. So it was uh, as the Red Blacks gained confidence and momentum. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers kept feeding them with their own mistakes and miscues, and it was a perfect storm of uh, of opportunity and failure. And uh, I think it might have turned around and, and salvaged the, the Ottawa Red Black season. Well, all of a sudden, uh, two wins at home after they themselves, like the Elks, had a long home field losing streak, not as long as Edmonton's, but theirs was, uh, I think, up to 12 or 13 games. Uh, so now they're they're two and three. When and, like you played the position where you often had to chase the quarterback <laughs> or, yeah. or stop him for so. What's the what's the challenge then if, like you said, a, a coach just says, "All right, if your first read isn't there, just take off." Like, is that because I'm sure fans are listening to this and thinking, like, "Well, okay, Doug, the first couple times he runs, good for him. The third or yeah. fourth time he's running, isn't that shame on Winnipeg for not figuring out how to stop that?" Yeah, I totally agree. You know, in the, in the post game show, we we did ask Adam Big Hill. You know, did you guys? spy the quarterback at all like did you have a spy on him and he was like no not you know not explicitly so um it's also a scenario too when you have your your pass rush uh, it needs to be balanced right you can't have guys at different levels right because that creates vertical seams and and you can escape that way and you can't you can only rush to quarterback height and what we mean by that is you don't want to be running you know, past and around him. Uh, once you get up to quarterback level, you have to retrace and fall back. Otherwise, he's just going to take off. So there were, uh, uh, you know, there wasn't a, a lot of uh, real good balanced uh, pass rushing that was going on. You know, guys would win their one-on-one, but they could get washed out of their gap. If there's not that gap integrity on your pass rush, that can create holes for a running quarterback. And everybody has to be on the same page, right? And the Bombers have such good, uh, individual pass rushers uh, quite often they're they're rushing at different levels just because you know it's hard for everybody to be upfield uh, as quickly and effectively as Willie Jefferson or Jackson Jeffcoat so they uh, they often end up having vertical seams uh, due to that imbalance of, uh, of pass rushers so Doug you and I have been doing this well, basically a decade, as long as I've been hosting this show. So you know I, I throw throw a lot of questions at you, and this may be an eye-roller. You may say, Reed, settle down, buddy, settle down. But I'm going to ask you anyway, because Winnipeg okay. is still 4-2. and two. They're still yeah. very good. They're still very polished. But they lost a game in non-bomber style yesterday, and they lost a home game earlier to BC in non-bomber style. And I did have someone say to me before the season, that who who knows the league very well he said i think winnipeg is still going to be good but i wonder if they're getting a little older and you might see some cracks this year is there anything to read into their two losses and how they lost them 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, right? It's uh, They've set a very high standard for a very long time, right? They've participated in the last three Grey Cups. They've won two of them. Uh, they've had a lot of consecutive uh, double a digit win seasons uh they've done very well in terms of uh you know winning their division but we are seeing some things we haven't seen before this year and uh you know from the offensive line not always able to establish a ground game not always able to protect uh, zach claris not always able to uh, to handle the speed of uh of very athletic and quick defensive lines that they're facing uh, so there's a, there's a lot of, I mean, it's still a good football team. I, I think uh, it's a great time for Kenny Lawler to return to the roster, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to play a home game against uh, Edmonton, his, his former team as well. So they're going to be very happy that, uh, you know, that maybe is a bit of a distraction for everybody, forgetting what happened in Ottawa. But it's also, uh, you know, a good environment uh, that I'm sure they're going to try and get the ship righted. But at the same time, I'm sure Chris Jones is looking at that film going, you know, this is a very beatable ball club and has uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, really showed all the ingredients in the recipe to getting it done. Doug Brown from CGOB joining us tonight on Inside Sports, color analyst for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Of course, used to play for the team 12 years as an outstanding defensive lineman in the league. So, look, we know what the standings say. We know what the Elks are going through. Um, is that... Is this the worst case scenario for the Elks? Like playing, they're they're a bad team playing an angry team. You know what I, you, you know what I mean? Or, or, it's one or, the or why or am I it's looking? The, yeah, it's either the best case or the worst case, right? Okay. It's one of the two. So it's either the worst case in the sense that the the Winnipeg Blue Bomber football team is going to be super angry and inspired, and uh, you know hoping it'll get that bad taste out of their mouth, or it's going to be the the best case for the Elks in the sense that the blueprint is now out there in terms of how to play this football team. And, uh, you know, this, this team could be reeling still. It's a question of, uh, you know, mentally, have they recovered and physically as well? And it's a short week for them, but, um, you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned the word demoralizing, uh, to, to Michael Shea in the post game show. And he, uh, immediately interrupted me and, and argued and, and disagreed with that point. But I've been on, I've been in some games uh, where, you know, late in the fourth, when you think you've got everything put away, you know, a team makes a rally, comes back and snatches uh, uh, victory or snatches defeat from the jaws of victory is what the, what the bombers had in that respect. And it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to overcome, right? Cause it, you start to wonder, you start to doubt, are we safe now? Are we playing well enough? Uh, you're, you're not necessarily sure. You don't understand how or why it could have happened, even if it was a perfect storm of, of mistakes that all manifested at the same time. Mentally, it can it can be a, a difficult thing for players to contend with. So it'll be it'll come down to the response, you know, um, if, if they're angry by it or, or whether they're still reeling and uh, in shock and, uh, you know, not sure how to, to move past it. Uh, I, I, di- I didn't hear that exchange on your postgame show, but I, th- I think you probably both did the right thing. I think you had to ask a question about it being demoralizing. And as a coach, I mean, if a coach admitted that his team was demoralized, you wouldn't have liked that when you were playing, would have you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just the reality of what that locker room's like, right? I mean, I'm not in it, but I, I've been in it. <laughs> I've been in, in that situation. So uh, I, I know, yeah, you're down. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't bounce back from it, right? And it does affect your morale. And when you uh, are up by 16 points in under three minutes, I mean, that's unheard of. These things just don't happen. That's uh, that's like record-breaking, right? This is one of the biggest, you know, most improbable comebacks of all time in in CFL football lore. So it's uh, that affects you as a player, right? Because you, uh, I mean, you taste victory, and and then boom, you're like, what is going on right now? So many things are spiraling out of control. And uh, it, it can make a difficult time for you to, uh, you know, to be able to recover from it. Really, it can sometimes take a little longer than you expect. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more here. And okay. before, in, in my previous half hour of the show, I was talking about what's going on with the Elks and that Cornelius is still going to be the quarterback. And I was kind of saying, man, oh, man, A, is there – some mercy involved to taking the guy out and B has he really played enough even if we don't know about the other guys I, I know quarterback's a very important position and and like it or not Cornelius is the most experienced guy the Elks have but is there like does it affect the team if they see a guy struggling and costing his team points that he still gets to start like is, is there not a point where even the players might be thinking well come on we got to try somebody else like does that affect the the morale of a team you know yeah you know it really depends on uh uh the the individual's personality and his uh his stance on the team and and how he's viewed from the guys right uh there's two uh there's two ways that can go down i think in a locker room um one is that they're like you know the players are are fragmented and they're kind of like why are we going with this guy again and what's the deal here um but if they're sympathetic with him and he's uh you know a good team leader and and well liked in the locker room it can go the other way it can be like well you know why are we calling these plays and why is he being coached this way and this guy's super talented it's uh you know the locker room interprets things um one or two ways it's either the player or it's the the coaching staff and or the situation and or the scheme that they're playing so it really comes down to how Cornelius is viewed in that locker room right whether you know guys believe in him and his abilities and think you know the the coaching staff and the scheme are just getting in the way or or at the same you know whether they think there's better better options and they don't understand that's when you get your your disconnect right between your roster and and your coaching staff if they're they're putting a guy out there that you know you don't you, you think there's someone else that's a better option and then you uh you become a little um uh, in, in in disbelief in terms of their decision making process, right, and that can undermine an effort for sure, uh, and or if they if they blame, you know, the, they blame that the players are not being put in the best positions to win a game. So it really comes down to how Taylor Cornelius is viewed in that locker room. You know, whether guys will rally around him or whether they think there's a better option on that on that roster. So right. it, it's hard to say. You know. It, you could probably spend an hour in that locker room and, and figure it out pretty quickly, um, especially when uh, it's a, it's a t- difficult situation that, that Edmonton's going through right now because these things are always at the forefront when you're waiting for your first win. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been a struggle, buddy. Okay. Well, as always, uh, I, I love having you on the show. Thanks for breaking down the end of that uh, Ottawa game. I know not a pleasant experience uh, for, for you as a, uh, a lifelong uh, Bomber player and now broadcaster, but uh, obviously very story-worthy here in the CFL season. Hey, have a great call on Thursday night, and we'll do this again later in the year, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. That is Doug Brown checking in from CGOB in Winnipeg, uh, color analyst for the Bombers broadcast, seven-time CFL All-Star in his career. If you remember him playing, he was one of the all-time greats in the CFL. Okay, so he actually said, he actually seems to be giving the Elks a chance on Thursday. That he's saying this 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 could have rattled the Bombers a little bit. And they're coming off a short week, and maybe Chris Jones is looking at some tape and saying, here's what we can do. I'm sure Chris Jones is doing that. I guess the question is, can the Elks actually execute it? Because they've clearly been watching tape on all their other opponents, but they still haven't been able to, to go out there and get the job done. We'll catch up on some of your messages when we get back. 780-496-0063. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. Kellen, go ahead. Written correspondence coming back at you here, Reed. We'll open things up with Harvey at Sherwood Park, who uh, has quite a lengthy one. He says, the Elks fans need to do the right thing. Stop complaining and get your butt in that seat and cheer your team on. Enough with the ultimatums. If they don't win, I'm not going. Stop being so selfish and put your team first once in a while. Get out and support your team. They need you. The team's not giving up. So why should the fans stand up? Take notice, get out there, buy a beer and a hot dog, and enjoy the game. And he adds, Ryder Nation, been there, done that. That's from Harvey in Sherwood Park. Yeah, well, I appreciate the uh, the energy from, from Harvey. Victor Quee said it uh, after the, the game on Thursday. He did that interview with, with Dan Barnes, and there was a TSN camera there. Uh, by the way, why why the president of the club is doing a, a post game interview is is beyond me. I thought that was very a very poor decision by Victor to do that interview. But anyway, uh, but he said it, it's hard to sell casual tickets when the team hasn't won a home game in 20 games. And again, as I've been saying, it's not just home games. They don't really win anywhere. They they're, they have nine wins in their last 47 games, going back to the halfway point of 2019 in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Renfield texts in and says, Reed, you have said repeatedly that the Elks have no chance to beat the Bombers or the Lions this season. Given Winnipeg's collapse against Ottawa, are you prepared to have some optimism for Thursday's game from Renfield? Uh, oh, wow. Isn't that the vampire guy? Uh, Dracula's assistant, Renfield? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, will, I, I would say, I, I, I'll always say I've increased the Elks' chances of winning on Thursday from 0.1% to 0.5%. How's that? <laughs> on the other side of the ledger, we got Marge on a barge texting in and says it will be a victory for the Elks if they lose by less than 30 points on Thursday. Well, there that's certainly a relevant fear to have given the way this season has gone. <laughs> uh, we have one from Norman a combine. Uh, he really liked Todd's call earlier on in, a, in the hour, in the first half hour, and said it's not harsh, it's just the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. Uh, Todd called in a lot about the game day experience. I, I should, by the way, mention this because Todd said he sometimes can't hear the PA announcer. The PA announcer is Corey Graham, who 
is is an excellent broadcaster. He used to be the Oil Kings play-by-play voice. We had him on this show a couple years ago. Went through an incredible medical ordeal with a tumor on his his spine. Uh, so if if you can't hear the PA announcer at the games, that's not on Corey. His ability to speak and project his voice is excellent. Mm-hmm. Terry texts in and says, I'm a little tired of all the negativity regarding the Elks. Instead of saying that we are 0-6 and soon to be 0-7, we should put a positive spin on it by saying that Coach Jones and the QB are leading us to a record-breaking season. That's from Terry. Well, that is... (laughs) That's certainly one way to look at it. Nobody's ever gone 0-18. I think there was, uh, didn't a Stampeders team go 0-12 when it was a 12-game season? I think so, something yes, like that, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, that, that, that is in the ballpark of conversation, that they might not win a game. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, come back to me uh, later on, Reed, and I'll later? get you with some more. Yeah. Okay, well, we well, we may or may not have time, but uh, we could always save some for tomorrow, too. 780-496-0063. We do have the Elks this week with Morley Scott at 7.30. A disappointing finish over the weekend to this uh, to this Football Canada Cup. The, the smoke issues, the wildfire smoke, meant that they, they couldn't play the final games of the tournament. So uh, we'll go over what happened. And there's also a big football event in Edmonton next year. So does this help everybody prepare for that? We're going to talk to Tim Enger, Executive Director of Football Alberta.